Welcome to the Healing Trauma and CPTSD Podcast. I'm your host, Monique Coven. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach, and this podcast is all about hope and recovery. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. So the episode that you're about to hear, I recorded just uh, because I was thinking about it and then I just turned on the microphone and started talking. And that is that is something that I really wanted to do when I started this podcast. I wanted it to be very authentic and not scripted. And that is that is what I like to share because I really, I think part of this whole trauma recovery is this idea of living a life that's that's authentic, that's not scripted. We're trying to get away from trying to be and say the things that we think people want to hear uh, so that we could be accepted and liked. So I really try to share things that just come from my heart, hoping that um, it will be helpful in some way. So that's what I that's what I'm going to share with you today. And also, I wanted to mention that I I also have another platform besides the podcast that I share things about trauma that also occur to me that might be helpful in your recovery journey. So I welcome you to follow me on Instagram at CPTSD Coach. So enjoy this episode. I hope you do find it helpful. I wanted to talk today a little bit about being embodied and why that is so challenging for many trauma survivors. And I wanted to say that, you know, this is not something that is natural. I think we come into the world being fully embodied and um, we don't have a voice yet. We just, we just have sensations and we, um, we express it through our voice. And when I say we don't have a voice, I think what I'm trying to say is we don't have language. Um, we just have a voice to express what we're feeling inside. So we're fully embodied. We're feeling hunger pains, so we cry, we express. Um, we're feeling wet, we cry. Uh, you know, different things like that. We're embodied. And so somewhere we start to learn that it's not okay to feel those sensations anymore. That those sensations are actually dangerous to us and our safety. And so we start to disconnect from them. We start not to be able to uh, feel from them. So we may feel them, but we numb out or we, um, we shut down or we disassociate. We go somewhere else because the feelings are too overwhelming. Um, we might be shamed for them. And I want to just remind you again that the feelings are normal. It's part of being fully human. We have feelings and they it's like a, a GPS. It really alerts us to uh, what's happening. And so if we don't feel safe, we will feel that in our body. If we feel threat, we feel it in our body. If we feel sad, we feel it in our body. We cry. You know, the, 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 the feeling comes out in tears. Um, we are embodied beings. But somewhere we learned 
that it is not safe to feel our feelings. And so we learn and it becomes habituated not to be embodied. And that was something that I really was not aware of at all, especially uh, as I was healing. I, um, I, I really thought that I was feeling my feelings. I was really good at talking about feelings, but I wasn't really good at necessarily staying with them. And I didn't see the disconnect. And it wasn't until I really learned more about nervous system regulation, the polyvagal theory, that I began to understand that you cannot feel your feelings in your head. You feel them in your body. And so I wanted to just share, you know, uh, a little bit of my own personal story with this. And I think I'm going to share it because I hope that it will really help you understand that there's nothing wrong with you, that you probably too learned very young to shut off and disconnect from your own feelings. So I can remember, I mean, there was a lot of, of uh, frightening. I was always afraid as a child. I have a lot of um, um, blocks in my memory, which is very common because when uh, things are too overwhelming for the system, it can take it can shut down and take us away. So we don't have to really be present to what is happening. And so that makes sense why we would have a lot of gaps in our memory. But what I do remember is that um, I did feel a sense of safety with my own father. And uh, when he left the country, there was no talk about divorce. It, they, I was only told after. And I was not allowed to feel because there was some real insanity happening. And I kind of had to become um, the soother and the comforter to my caregiver. And my feelings were just not uh, accepted or allowed. There was no room for them. And I knew that they wouldn't be accepted anyway. And for my own safety, I thought that if I soothed my caregiver, then I would be safe. But I can remember when I was finally going to have that very first visit with my own father who um, had moved. And I was about to visit him. And I was at my aunt's house. And I was all worked up. I was very emotional, naturally. I hadn't been able to really express how I was feeling. And I was feeling a lot. And my aunt walks in and sees me crying. And she had so much rage on her face. And she yelled at me and said, stop crying. Don't let him see you like that. And I just swallowed it very quickly and tried to, you know, stop crying. And again, it was, it was this message of you are bad for having feelings and you should be ashamed of yourself for feeling this and you better shape up and, and smile for your dad. And so the message was about not being allowed to feel and protecting the feelings of the adults at all costs. And so that's what I did. And I, I mean, I can remember, you know, every time I had to say goodbye when I would visit him, I knew that I wasn't supposed to show my feelings and I felt a lot. So I would anticipate that airport goodbye. And days before, I would kind of rehearse it in my head, not to cry, don't cry, don't feel, don't cry. And then when I would get to the airport, I would feel all those feelings and I would stick my fingernails into my hand and dig just so that I wouldn't feel. 
And this is really where we start to um, bypass and um, disconnect and override our sensations and our, our feelings. Uh, it starts in that kind of learning where we get the message it's not okay to feel, it's not safe. And so the nervous system really registers it is not safe to feel that and bypass it. And so when we even get a little hint of that, our body remembers, our nervous system remembers, it's recorded that this is not safe and we shut it down. And so when we try to stay with it or sit with it, it just feels completely overwhelming again. And what we have in our history is being triggered or, or it's in some way being reminded. And this is why it becomes like a habit that we cannot be embodied in our own body. And so you can see that this was very clearly learned. It is not part of our design. We were born to feel sensations, to express them, to use our voice. I mean, you just look at a baby and it's a very natural, natural thing. That whole messaging system of you can't feel, it's not safe to feel. And when we are feeling things, when our nervous system goes into sympathetic, so in other words, um, if there was a lot of craziness and chaos going on in our homes, our nervous system would start to get very activated to prepare us for mobilization, to leave, to run, to flee. And for many of us, we, we couldn't do that. We were children, but we had all this energy there and it had nowhere to go. And so when we have any kind of situation in the present that is reminiscent or reminds us our body remembers and doesn't want have to have to do with anything like that. And so again, it will disconnect from it. And, you know, this all makes sense why in the present as adults, even though we know cognitively we are safe, we're far removed from our childhood trauma, we grow and we age with the same nervous system. And our nervous system has on record all that it knows. And it knows our history. And the way that the nervous system starts to feel safe is not by telling it, hey, it is 2020. It's no longer, you know, 1985. It's, it's look, look at you now. You, you're an adult now. Look, you've got this job and you're safe and, and it's okay. And you've got this great relationship. It doesn't, it, it's talking like it doesn't get it. It's not hearing it because our body doesn't understand language. It doesn't. It understands the felt sense. It understands the experiences. And so that means that really we want to be able to embody feelings of safety and, and really embody it. And that's what we want to show, not tell our bodies. It has safety now. And that's part of the work of the nervous system regulation work and those regulating tools that we want to start to use to show our nervous system that it can come into safety in the present. But I wanted to say that it, it just makes so much sense. 
So how I kind of see, uh, you know, the healing journey is I think it really does start with the, the cognitive piece of understanding. Because without understanding, you just have all of these feelings. You don't know why you can't be present. You don't know why you can't feel your feelings. You don't get it because you know that you're safe, but that doesn't change anything. And that's some of the frustration that a lot of people have had. Let's say they've they've done years and years of years of talk therapy and they've talked about it, but their nervous system still gets frightened or stuck. So I think there has to be that piece of, of understanding, okay, these are things that you learned from, these are patterns that you learned growing up. And even having a compassionate witness, whether that's a therapist or a coach or a friend or a group, where you can get a sense of validation and that somebody really validated your experience, that that was not okay for a child to be, for example, yelled at when they're feeling grief about their dad, but that really the child deserved to be comforted. And that that is a normal experience and that it's not normal to not be comforted when you're in so much fear and panic. Oh, you should have been comforted. And, 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 and just getting that kind of understanding is very, very helpful, especially when it is done with another person in relationship, because that's where we can start to heal in the present. And when we have that validation from another person, um, it just is, it's, it's so wonderful. I don't even have words because words don't do it justice, but it's very healing. And then the second piece is this part of learning to become embodied. And that's very challenging. And that does take work. We can't think our way into safety. We can't think our way or tell ourselves enough positive affirmations that we're okay. Our body has to get a sense. It has to feel okay to learn that it's okay. It has to have what we call disconfirming experiences from what it knows by showing it and directing it to safe experiences in the present so that it can learn, ah, this is what it feels like to be present and really marinate in that. So these are some of the regulating tools that can be really, really helpful when we're trying to regulate our nervous system. But I did want to say that nobody ever explained this to me. I had no clue why I could not just um, be done with my past and enjoy what was in front of me. But when you know you start to see and really understand and see how we make sense, how our biology makes sense, how our nervous system makes sense, how our responses make sense, and how it makes sense that we learned to disconnect from our bodies and ourself. We weren't born that way. There's nothing wrong with us. And it takes a lot of uh, unlearning and learning. And that's, that's the recovery journey. And that's what we... That's what we work towards, and we do it in very small, tolerable steps. And I really use the word tolerable because it can feel 
to start to feel your feelings, it can feel completely frightening and overwhelming. And if we try to do it too much, our protective parts of our nervous system will just shut it down and it will say, oh, no, no, no. I remember when, and it has everything on file, and we're not doing that. So boom, shut you down. And so that's why we have to go very, very slowly and gently so the nervous system can see that it's safe in these small tolerable steps. So that is what I wanted to share with you today. It was really on my heart. It was on my mind. Um, and I hope that it that it really encourages you. We will be talking about this a lot more um, on the podcast uh, as I as I share and bring in more um, more experts helping you as you navigate your recovery journey back home into our bodies and into safety. Trauma healing and recovery starts to happen in the context of a safe, attuned, and empathetic relationship. To find out more about my trauma recovery coaching options, you could reach me on my website at www.cptsdcoach.com. You can also visit me on Instagram and Facebook at cptsdcoach.com.